grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today it's part two in this debut message of this series called The Storyteller, The Parables of Jesus, called The Sower. Hearing Jesus tell stories can be compared to a seed taking root. So the question is, are you allowing him to plant his truth into your heart and soul? Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available all for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give also right there at reallife.org. Pastor Sean is in Matthew 13. He who has ears, let him hear. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio say to you, to begin to hear and engage, you've got to get in the field. And that happens through faith. The key to getting in the field is faith. You must choose to believe Jesus more than you believe the other voices. You must decide to renounce the world system and follow Jesus. You've got to take a chance. And my challenge is, that's the whole point of the gospel. Our sin separates us from God. He made a way through Jesus Christ, paid the penalty for our sins on the cross so that we could have life. Bible says if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I encourage you today, if God's tugging at your heart, acknowledge your need for him. Lord, I need a Savior. Ask for forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. Thank you that Jesus made that forgiveness possible with the cross. And invite him to come into your life and lead you. And let me tell you, you will be in the field. And he will begin to speak and lead. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. The second thing we find out is some won't hear because hearing involves risk. Hearing involves risk. See, the second enemy is hardness of heart. Because a hard heart won't risk change. It's kind of like a hard head, okay? We, we talk about hard heads all the time. Oh, my gosh. A hard heart is that heart that goes, I cannot resist, I cannot risk change. A hard heart is a willful heart. It's really what we're talking about. It's a willful heart. Remember what verse 20 and 21 said? Jesus talked about this. He says, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. That's interesting. Make a mental tag of that. Because it looks great. They receive it with joy, yet he has no root in himself because of the hardness. But endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. That's the seed that was sown on rocky or hard soil. It's a willful heart that won't change. And what's fascinating about that description where he says it's, he, he receives it with joy. In other words, you want the good news. Man, Jesus' grace sounds awesome. I want grace. That sounds great. And, I, and they, they'll receive it with joy. But you're not willing to alter your life so that when things get tough and you've got to make a decision, am I going to trust God or am I not? There's no depth and you just give up, and you kind of say, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You ever heard somebody say that about the faith? Well, I tried it. It doesn't work. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times people have said that to me. Oh, it, it doesn't work. It's like it's, they ordered it on Amazon, and they're going to send it back. It doesn't work. And I'm, I'm going to rate it. I'm rating it a two. It was terrible. I've had people say that about prayer. It doesn't work. I tried. It doesn't work. God didn't do what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> If that's your deal, and I've said this to you before, but it's worth repeating, uh, that means you don't know what the word God means. 
There's this sense of, of it all being about you. What's funny is rocky ground can look great on the surface. The problem is the roots have nowhere to go, and ultimately it'll always be revealed. A lot of you guys know we just recently built a house, and in the backyard we put a little bit of a Bermuda, small area of Bermuda out, because I'm a Bermuda guy. You can keep your zoysias. I don't need your fancy highfalutin hybrids. You know, God made Bermuda the way it is, so. So we put some soil down, and we spread some soil, and, you know, as we were covering the area, we decided to go a little farther out. We, had, we were okay on dirt, but then we got to some certain parts, and it looked okay to me, and I kind of could use a little more dirt, but I'm kind of cheap, so I just spread it a little thinner. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Well, we are on solid rock. To do our septic, the guy had to use a massive saw, and he pulled out this whole, it's about this tall, perfect square, because he sawed it. And we have it at the end of a bed. We kept it. We were able to keep it. And it's this massive rock that just goes, okay, this is what you're sitting on. I'm not really worried about my house, you know, shifting a lot. And that's what's under my grass, my Bermuda. And so the grass looks awesome because, you know, the sod, it comes with its own little soil. It comes with a little bit of loam and soil mixture. It's really nice. And so you put it down on the soil, and on most of it, it's awesome. It looks great. It's doing great. But there's a couple spots that are, you just kind of go, why is that spot yellow? Ah, that's where cheapo Pastor Sean didn't buy more dirt. Okay, he just spread his dirt a little thin. So what I'm going to have to do, obviously, is top dress and literally build the soil up, because I can't do anything about the rock. Okay, I'm going to have to top dress and build thicker soil on top so the grass will grow up through, and the root, there's enough root to support that. What's funny is it looked great at first. You couldn't tell the difference. Rocky soil looks fine at first. It springs up with joy. Yeah, I want Jesus. But it's when it comes time to dig roots, and when it comes time, when it gets real, when it's time to go deep, that the problems show up. It makes me kind of think about shallow. What really is a shallow person? Sometimes we talk about a shallow person, it means someone who's not very smart, or it's a reflection of intelligence. I I don't think so. I don't think shallow is a reflection of low intelligence, as some might use it or assume. I think shallow is almost always a reflection of self-centeredness. I've seen some people who I, I, don't, I, I don't know whether they're necessarily uh, very intelligent or not. They may even be, have a lower IQ, but I've seen them be very deep and profound. And I've also seen some really bright people, really smart people, who are shallow. Because shallow is a reflection of self-centeredness. And there is no heart that is harder than a self-absorbed heart. Romans 2, 5 through 8, Paul writes this. He says, because of your hard and impenitent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself. On the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, he will render to each one according to his works. Listen, to those who are patient, who, who, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor, note that they're seeking for glory and honor, God's glory and honor, and immortality, he will give them eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey, Remember, it started with a hard heart. That was giving us the picture of the hard heart. They're self-seeking. They do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury. Notice that connection between hardness, a hard heart, and self-seeking. 
The hard heart is that heart that says, yeah, I, I want Jesus, I want grace and everything, but I, I kind of really more want Jesus just to, to do what I want him to do. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I, I'm looking for Jesus to, I, I don't want to follow Jesus really. I want Jesus to follow me. And I want Jesus, follow me to work because I really need your input on this deal. I need to get this deal, so help me get it done. Jesus, follow me to the bank. I want you to bless my finances, so please bless my finances. Jesus, come, come to dinner because I want you to bless my family. But the minute Jesus says, okay, here, I want you to follow me now. Ooh, new, new, new. New, Jesus, because that seems difficult. Or that, people won't understand that. Or that's different. And the hardness prevents any depth any growth. So how do we deal with this soil? How do we correct this hardness? The answer is real simple. It's called surrender. The secret or the key to depth is surrender. It's when you stop and say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to let you be Lord and I'm going to follow you. Lord Jesus, I want your way. When I hear your word, I receive it with joy. But then when things get tough, I seek for more, and I want to follow. I want to grow. I want to surrender. And something happens when you surrender to his direction. You begin to hear more. You begin to see good fruit. It changes you. It's powerful. See, the secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. And if hardness of heart is a challenge, I want to challenge you right now. There's, if there's things, if you, if you suspect, ooh, maybe I have a little bit of a hard heart towards God, or I felt that hardness, um, I want to encourage you. Identify something that the Lord's been nudging you on, and we all have them. I can sit down with most people. Has God been saying anything? You've been sensed God's direction, his conviction, wherever it is, and surrender to it. Do it. And see if he doesn't begin to soften that heart. See if you don't begin to see his presence. See if you don't begin to grow in him. A third condition Jesus tells about in this parable is some lose the ability to hear because of a distraction. And this is really tragic. It's like they can hear, but then they lose it because of distraction. Verse 22. Here's what Jesus said, remember? As for what is sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. It chokes the word. This is particularly scary. Because this was good soil. This was good, suitable soil. And this had good growth. But through lack of care, the good seed was overwhelmed by all the things around it, as pictured by thorns choking. And it's a gradual choking. So it doesn't happen instantly like the birds. This is gradual and slow. Sometimes you don't even notice it. And he he said, the things that choke are the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. This is one that I am very concerned about for American Christians, people in our church, people, friends I have around the country, even around the world, you know, in modern nations, the cares of this world. We are so caught up with the cares of this world. I mean, it's always been a challenge. It was obviously a challenge in Jesus' day. But we now can literally be overwhelmed by the actual cares of the whole world. Because while you're sitting here in this service, you will have notifications telling you of catastrophes, of news issues, of, of uh, developments all over the world. And it's in your pocket. We have access to literally the cares of the whole and world. This, is when we this take wasn't a quick the case. To in you. Jesus You're listening to Reaching wasn't for the Real case Life. It wasn't the case 50 years ago. Your cares were more local. 
In this message, call the Sower. The series is called The Storyteller, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed now, by this we, teaching, we, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the gift tab the at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. We can be absolutely overrun. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, The Sower. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. I, I, I sit and think, I, you read some of these church fathers who wrote this amazingly deep and rich material. How did they find the time? How did they do that? They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have media bombarding them. They made a point. One, that life was slower. Life was quiet. And they made a point to be quiet. You're like, well, but, but we do live in a world with technology and distractions and entertainment and all this stuff. How do we navigate that? Well, I do think Jesus gave us a good example because Jesus had a pretty busy life, busier than most. He constantly had people looking for him, constantly had people pressing in. And what did Jesus do? He says he would get up early and get quiet with Father. He would take extended times away and pull away from the noise, the cares. There's all kinds of things we can care about, all kinds of pressures. We've got to learn to get quiet and pull away. And he talks about the deceitfulness of riches, deceitfulness of wealth. And again, as Americans, we live with a wealth that most people throughout history can't even imagine. A very small percentage of most nations could have the type of lifestyle that we have. Riches are deceitful. That's a great phrase. They lie to you. Because some of you right now think if you just had 30% more income, everything would be great. Your life would be perfect. That's a lie. Riches are lying to you. Some of you, I've had people tell me, you know, right now I can't afford to be generous with any of my money. But but if I had this, and when I get to this place, then I'm going to be really generous. And I tell them, no, you're not. Because it'll still be you. And right now you have 100% of your income. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. If you had more, you'd have more discretionary. It doesn't work that way. Ecclesiastes says, as goods increase, so do those who consume them. You know, we've talked about it before. Being broke at a higher level. Any of you who've ever thought, gone, gone in your career a little bit and got a few raises and got to where, and you're looking and going, wow, I'm making more money than I ever thought I'd make before. Are, are you rolling in it? Most people go, ooh, no, yeah, ooh, mmm. Because here's the secret. If you consume 100% on yourself, there's nothing left over. That's a fact. It doesn't matter if 100% is here or if 100% is here. 
If we consume 100%, there's nothing left over. See, wealth is deceptive that way. It fools us. It tells us we're more powerful than we really are. It tells us we're better than we really are. It, it, we use it as a scorecard to say we're better than other people. All sorts of deception and lies that wealth can do. And Jesus says that's one of the big things that chokes. And, and we, in the most prosperous society ever to hit the planet, we should pay attention to this. The cares of this world. This is the big one that scares me for Christians in our fellowship and other fellowships like us in the church around America and Western Europe. How do I protect against these kinds of distractions? How do I prepare the soil? Well, I love Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Listen to this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love that phrase. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You ever seen a really devoted, well-trained dog watch its master? And just, I mean, like nothing else, just watch. That's a picture of that kind of single-minded, just watching. And in the midst of our distraction and all the stuff, it's like, I could, man, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before me endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, fixing our eyes on Jesus. See, the, the key to preparing this kind of soil is focus. Focus on Jesus. You know the old book uh, in his steps and the question, what would Jesus do? Uh, that's a powerful understanding. To start saying, what, what would you do in this situation, Jesus? What did you do? What, what would you have me do? How should I respond? Focus on Jesus. Fix my eyes on Jesus. Listen for Jesus. Make those times like Jesus did to get away, get quiet, and examine your life. Meditate on the word that you've heard. The key to that soil is focus. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. Last point, and this is kind of the flip around the good news. This is the key. Those who truly hear spend time preparing their hearts to receive his word. Those who truly hear spend time preparing their hearts to receive his word. I think that's the message of the parable of the sower. This is how to hear, how to become a person who can hear. The reason I believe this is I know believers who, they love Jesus, they're serving Jesus. If they died today, they'd be going to heaven, but they struggle with hearing. And then I've watched those same believers go deeper, go deeper, and begin to hear and begin to respond to the Lord. This is not something static. These soils are not locked in stone. Well, I guess except the rocky soil, but I digress, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not locked into where you can't change. You can. And the way you do that is to spend time preparing our hearts to receive his word. And the last verse, 23, gives us the key to how to do that. He says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word. Note these things. He hears the word, he understands it. And then it says, he bears fruit and yields, in one case, 100-fold, 60, another 30. In other words, it's not cookie cutter, it's not a competition, but everybody's supposed to bear fruit. But he said those three things. He hears, he understands, he bears fruit. So I want to challenge us with those three things. Hear. In other words, be a seeker of truth. Be someone who listens for his word. Some people don't even listen for the voice of the Lord. I want to challenge you. If you've never asked him to speak, start asking him. And the best way to listen is to get into the word of God. This 
is amazing. I, I'm not into Bible worship. Okay, this isn't God, but it's powerful and it's precious because it's God's word. He gave it to us. And he gave it to us so we could know him, so we could hear from him, so we could commune with him. Through this and through the gift of prayer with the word, we have this vibrant relationship with God. Be a person who begins to hear, who seeks to hear, to listen for his word. When you read the scripture, Lord, what are you saying? What were you saying to them? What are you saying to me? What do you want me to do about it? Those kind of simple questions will help unlock the word to you. Second thing was to understand. In other words, don't just look for, we live in this culture that wants everything in 140 characters. Oh, my devotional life? I just wait because my friend always posts a little picture on Facebook and I just get my devotional from them. It's so cool. They'll give me some little saying from the Bible every day. And I'm just going deeper in Jesus. No, you're not. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. If you're that person, there's a person back there, that was my ministry, man. (laughs) No, you keep doing it, okay? You keep going. But I hope you're not saying that that's all the spiritual nourishment your friends need. No, you, you need to go beyond. You need to dig deeper. Because he, he says they understand the word. I, I know people who never crack the Bible except to find something from God that will agree with them, to support them. You know, a lot of people now, we get into these little Facebook battles, right? We, we use the scripture to beat our friends with, praise God. Because you know, once you bring Jesus in, it's like, I win. I just I brought Jesus. Jesus says I'm right. Okay, that's not digging deeper to understand. Digging deeper to understand is going to the Word and, and meditating on it, studying it, going deeper. Seek to understand what it says, not to justify what you already believe. Let's get out of that mindset. That's, the world is divided into these camps, us and them, and we look for things to reinforce us. Stop it. Let's listen. As we go into the Word, understand, dig deep. And then the last thing he says is they bear fruit. And, and that has a very practical implication to it. They bear fruit. For us, that involves acting on what you hear and understand. The way you bear fruit, if we're talking about if, if the sowing of the seed and the bear, bearing fruit is a metaphor for hearing, understanding, and then doing. If you, you can study the Bible. I don't care if you study, you memorize the whole Bible. And you know it better than anybody in the room. That's great. If you never do anything with what you studied, it is going to be a waste of time. All it's going to do is fill your head with knowledge. Great, you're an encyclopedia. God bless you. But when you begin to do what the Word says, when, when life's challenges come and you, wait a minute, the Word says this, so I'm going to do this. Everyone else is telling me the world system says go do this. I'm going to do this. When you begin to do that, that's where you see the power of God. That's where He shows up. That's where the life happens. And you begin to bear fruit. You do that for a few years, and and people will start to notice something. They'll start to notice there's a different fruit in your life. There's a fragrance of God's presence around your life. Because decision by decision, act upon act, where you are obeying and following Jesus, builds a life of good fruit. And see, that's the desire of the Lord. He wants all of us to bear good fruit. He created us for that. See, the secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. I believe Jesus once, he, he, he used parables so that we could hear him more deeply. So that we could, could put ourselves into the story and see it from the truth from different angles. And so as we go through this series, the storyteller, I want to challenge us. Let's surrender our ears to hear more deeply. Let's surrender our eyes to see more clearly. I believe if we do that, We will come out of this series of teachings enriched 
in a way maybe we've never been in the Word before. He told us the purpose of the parables they are so we would hear differently, more deeply. Well, let's take advantage of that. Let's commit ourselves, surrender ourselves to follow Jesus and hear what He would say through these times. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The Sower in the series The Storyteller, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.